0: Thank you. Welcome to an early episode 218 of the Cyberlaw Podcast, brought to you by Steptoe and Johnson. Thank you for joining us. This is uh, um, Friday uh, and not Monday, uh, because uh, many of us are going to be out of town, not just Monday, but also Tuesday. So uh, we will be releasing an interview with Nick Bilton, the author of uh, American Kingpin, the epic hunt for the criminal mastermind behind the Silk Road, uh, on. Tuesday, uh, when uh, the paperback version of his book comes out, uh, uh, but I'll record it today. And Nick is on the line with us uh, uh, and will participate in the News Roundup uh, to the extent that he chooses to. Uh, Also participating in the News Roundup, uh, Michael Vadis formerly with the FBI and the Justice Department, now a partner in Steptoe's New York office, and Markham Erickson, a partner in our Internet, Telecom, and Technology practice uh, uh, with a a specialization in um, FCC and Justice Department law. And I'm Stuart Baker, formerly with the NSA and DHS uh, host of today's program and uh, for those of you who haven't listened before, uh, holder of the record for returning to Steptoe and Johnson more times than any other lawyer uh, to uh, practice law. Okay. Uh, we're going to jump right in. The mess around the Chinese telecom manufacturer, ZTE, is just getting messier. Last time we looked, uh, the uh, uh, company had been sanctioned not allowed to buy any U.S. equipment, then unsanctioned, then re-sanctioned when it turned out that the promises it made when it uh, got unsanctioned hadn't been kept, and maybe is going to be unsanctioned again if the president's tweets hold up. But whether they're going to hold up is a really good question, because Congress um Uh, you know know, uh, god bless the president he's bringing the democrats and republicans together Uh, uh, they all (laughs) hate the idea of uh, undoing these sanctions as part of a trade deal and so um, we've seen legislation introduced um, as part of the uh, uh, commerce department appropriations bill to stop uh, any unwinding of those sanctions and uh, an effort to do legislation to do the same thing uh, has been introduced in the Senate. Twenty-seven senators have sent a letter to the president saying, uh, don't do this, don't do this. uh, uh president seems uh, eager to do it anyway, uh, and so we're setting up what could be a uh, a uh, confrontation between the president and uh, uh, his own party, as well as the Democrats. Uh, I think some of the legislation that's been introduced raises some constitutional questions, but I may be wrong about that. All right. Um, second story. The FBI has apparently grossly overstated the number of uh uh, cases where it's been thwarted by encryption probably by a factor of 700 percent uh michael uh, how big a deal is this
1: uh it's it's a big deal for a couple of different reasons um one it's a big deal obviously because uh president trump is uh uh continuing his assault on the FBI uh as part of his effort to um uh you know distract from the investigation of uh him and his administration and their potential collusion with Russia and obstruction of justice so he's trying to basically um, denigrate the the integrity of the FBI and so this you know in that environment this uh is is harmful to the FBI's reputation uh, you know that's that's kind of just a given of the political environment The the more uh long-standing issue this raises though is is actually not about the fbi's credibility so much as just its inability to get a handle on its own uh cases and really understand uh the big picture of encryption how it's affecting um law enforcement investigations because this this has been an issue really for well over 20 years. Um, The FBI has never been able to effectively make the case for how encryption is currently impeding investigations. The the public speeches of FBI officials uh, and DOJ officials have always been focused on the potential impediment that encryption poses to investigations, but they've been much less uh, capable of showing how there's a current and ongoing impediment to investigations and this just, this is just, you know, a prime example of that. And to me this is, this comes, this emanates from the FBI's difficulty of figuring out, you know, its own records and what those records show.
0: I, I agree with you on that. I think, I, I don't think this says anything about their inability to talk about uh, uh, how this has harmed them. Um, there are clearly a lot of cases, probably a thousand, where they've been thwarted by encryption. Uh, and what they did here is they didn't effectively dedupe their database uh, and they ended up uh, double and triple counting a bunch of cases uh, and that's how they got to 7000 instead of 1000 uh but it does show that the for the bureau working with computers reviewing the code and checking the program it's just not second nature it's not in their dna and and so they're much more likely to make this kind of mistake than somebody like nsa um uh, because they uh, they're they're smart people are focused on other things than what the code says uh it's too
1: bad i yeah it's just it's too bad. It's really, really frustrating to me since this issue has been you – know, the policy issue has been one that the Bureau has been trying to deal with for a quarter of a century. And it's been obvious all that time that the, the most effective case it could make is uh, if it can show the public and policymakers how encryption is really posing a, a, a current uh, – Impediment and and threat to its ability to do its job, and so you would think in a quarter century, they'd be able to gather the information from their own databases to make the case.
2: Yep. Um, This this is Nick. I I have a quick question. So they overestimated that there was 7,500 cases that uh, encryption had thwarted, but it it turned out it was only 2,000. Is that a nefarious act by the FBI just to, to bump up the numbers, or is it just a total – It looks they just like it, no it, idea what's it going looks on? Like
0: it, the, the explanation they've given is that they had three different databases that had encryption cases assembled in them, and they went through and wrote code that combined them all and then deduped two but – uh, two of the uh databases, but not the third, and they didn't notice that there was an enormous jump because they were looking at monthly statistics, not annual statistics uh, so it was a screw up but it's a the sort of screw up that will hurt their credibility with people who didn't like them in the first place
1: and we don't and, you know and that's that's their first that's kind of the the initial uh explanation I think we still need to um get more detail on the explanation to make sure that it that it Holds water, and I, you know, again, I'm I'm not suspecting any nefarious uh, explanation here, but I think we still need a little more information about uh, how this, how they came up with these numbers, to to assess whether uh, it's it's credible explanation or not. Uh, you're going to tweet that you hereby demand
0: an investigation? No, sorry. I uh, <laughs> let's move to uh, another. Uh, um, uh, Prosecution, another uh, Justice Department issue. Mugshots.com is being prosecuted—is it by the feds or by the state?
2: It's by the California, the state of California. And, <laughs> and,
0: and uh, Markham, this is this is a remarkable story because it is somebody um, creatively and you know sleazily uh, creating a business model uh, where there wasn't one before the internet.
2: A sleazy business model on the Internet, it's shocking. (laughs) Um, But uh, this is a story to file under one of two categories, or perhaps both, uh, in the Cyber Law Podcast Archival Database. Uh, It might rightly be filed under the title, Europe's crazy right-to-be-forgotten framework intersects with California's belief that a website whose editorial decisions are based on profit motives, here include the sound effect of a gasp, (laughs) is doing something unlawful, or it might I'm, be. I'm thinking this is crazy squared. Then. <laughs> this is crazy squared. Or it might be filed under if it feels illegal, it must be so. Um, in this case, California issued an arrest warrant for the alleged owners of a site called Mugshots.com, which displayed individuals' arrest booking photos or mugshots. Um, well, since these mugshots are a matter of public record, even California could not claim illegality in this act. Though of course, it did pass a law requiring sites, if you remember, and this was the subject of an earlier podcast, requiring sites to take down the accurate and in-the-public-domain birth date and in age information of actors who prefer not yes. to have their ages published. Well, what could be more
0: shocking than publishing actors' real uh, ages? That's right. Um,
2: but that wasn't what got the uh, the alleged owners in trouble. What got the alleged owners in trouble here uh, was the other part of their business, which, according to the arrest warrant, was to run a site called unpublisharrest.com, where for a fee, you could pay to have your mugshot removed from mugshots.com. Apparently, the defendants here took in $2 million in removal fees from approximately 5,703 persons, which I calculate is roughly $350 per removal per individual. So
0: the way this worked, I assume, is you typed in somebody's name and when Google showed you the images, the third image was a mugshot. And, uh, you know, nobody likes that, at least uh, uh, not until they've uh, found a spouse.
2: (laughs) (laughs) People generally don't like to see their mugshots uh, uh, broadcast over the Internet. What's kind of curious is California actually has a law that makes it unlawful for any person engaged in publishing or otherwise disseminating a booking photo. Photograph through a print or electronic medium to solicit, require, or accept a payment uh, from the subject individual to remove, correct, or modify, or refrain from uh, publishing the booking photograph. Kind of odd and very specific law. Um, probably written with just this business model in mind, probably uh, this <laughs> site. One might think so. Second, the authorities also claim that the defendants violated California's identity theft statute uh, because that makes it a crime to use personally identifiable information, a, a photograph uh, and their uh, arrest record might be so, uh, but and use that for any unlawful purpose without the consent of the person. And since it's unlawful to have a booking photograph uh, and to demand money to remove it, uh, that was the unlawful uh, purpose. What's going to be difficult, I think, for the state to um, to prove is they actually then uh, say that uh, the operators are guilty of extortion by soliciting fees to remove the mugshot, which normally one would have to show for an extortion uh, crime that either there was uh, a threat of violence, an accusation of a crime, uh, or the exposure of a secret, unless you're paid not to do so. And here, uh, this is not a secret. These are public uh, records, and there doesn't seem to be a threat of violence or accusation of a crime. So that will be interesting. The cal- so don't you think the argument is hey, it was a secret before you
0: published the mugshots.com. Nobody knew about it. It wasn't online. You put it online. You made it not a secret. uh, And then you offered to make it a secret again for money. Uh, And as a scheme as a whole, you had exposed what was basically a secret uh, uh, as part of a scheme to make money for suppressing
2: well, I, I think that's going to be hard to to make the case. It, they could win, but these aren't secrets in that they are publicly available records. Uh, if you go uh, to the government to the appropriate government database or the files, so uh, I would think that uh, it will be hard to uh, to prevail on on that on that theory. But uh, it, it may be that they'll say it was secret enough and that it wasn't well known. Um the california a g complained um that the pay for removal scheme attempts to profit from someone else's humiliation, and yet if that were a crime, the National enquirer, I think, would be out of business in, <laughs> in California. <laughs> Having said this, the ultimate irony, uh, ironic justice, that if you go to the story of this on Ars Technica, there are two massive mugshots of the alleged owners of the site that take up the entire <laughs> computer
0: screen. <laughs> Taste of their own medicine, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, is there a First Amendment issue buried in this, too? I the, think the, so. Because the, the, uh, basically they're saying, well, we put mugshots.com up there as an act of uh, uh, expression, uh, and we were willing to have people pay us to express ourselves less directly.
2: I think that's that's going to be the case and there's uh that's where the extortion based on a secret I think is going to be tough because these are in the public domain uh records if you will. Secondly, there's plenty of uh uh comments from law enforcement uh officials in in various contexts about the importance of having mugshots in the public domain for various reasons. Uh so I do think this will be a tough case for the for the state of California.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, I, you know, it's a it's a shame that both sides can't lose. Yeah. Um, all right, I uh, and uh, uh President Trump has dumped uh, his secure phone and is now using a couple of different phones. Uh, one just tweets and the other just calls. Uh, um, uh, but neither of them, and they're, I guess they're both Apple phones, uh, iPhones. Uh, um, uh, neither of them is truly secure in the sense that most government communications gear is secure. Uh, Michael, uh, I, I assume uh, given your feelings about the president, this sort of makes you feel good.
1: Uh, I don't know. I don't know why it would make me feel good. I mean, it's just another example of mind boggling hypocrisy. Uh, this is the president, uh, who personally and through his campaign, you know, lambasted Hillary Clinton for setting up her own email server because of the security implications of that and, you know, sending, uh, emails on her own server while she was Secretary of State. And here he is, President of the United States, and he's talking on, on, uh, you know, Regular commercial iPhones and not e- encrypted phones,
2: but but in a um, very real sense, it, it, it doesn't. This create uh, serious issues in that uh, even if he's not using the phone for quote-unquote sensitive conversations or he's just using it to tweet and there's nothing else on the phone. If it's an unsecure phone, uh, it could be hacked and used as a listening device or a recording device or yes. other things if he's just carrying it around in his pocket.
0: I think that's a real risk, and they've been talking about, you know, we'll collect it and reissue a different one. It's basically give it, give the president a burner phone. Uh,
1: but, well, uh, the, the other the other hypocrisy here is, you know, White House personnel are banned from bringing their own personal cell phones into the West Wing, because of because of these very security concerns. Yeah, but that ban does not apply to the president, um, who is the number one target in the West Wing. Yep,
0: this is the you second know, president who know, didn't want this. You almost have to wonder if he's.
1: <laughs> this is... I mean, does he, does he want Russia and China to be able to monitor his calls? it's just it's simply mind boggling. I,
0: I I'm not going to argue with it. It does it 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 shows exactly why we're never going to get to cybersecurity nirvana because. The CEO um, or the head of the organization sooner or later is going to say no i you can 't do that to me i I need the convenience of whatever new device there is, and you can 't always uh, uh, force it i mean it was hard to get uh, President Obama to give up his blackberry he finally did, but um, they had to Pry it out of his fingers, if I remember right uh, and and this well, president doesn't care about it uh,
1: i I think he re, i think he might have resisted for a day uh, I mean there was an article about it but i don't, I'm not sure he actually other,
2: resisted all that hard. the Nick? other thing that's fascinating is yeah the the other thing that's fascinating is part of the reason they eventually gave Obama a blackberry is because it's one of the few phones that doesn't have a Um, a camera in it and cameras are incredibly easy and susceptible for hackers to be able to take pictures from. And the reason that he didn't have Obama didn't have an iPhone was for that very reason. And yet Trump has an iPhone where we've seen on the Mac that you can take pictures of people without them knowing, uh, to what's different about, you know, uh, a device in your pocket. Well, even meeting the president on his own field of reality, if you're worried about the deep state and the NSA and the FBI and the intelligence apparatus of the U.S., (laughs) one would think they would be able to hack uh, his phone
0: okay bad move on the president's part uh all right let's do uh, lightning rounds i've got 4 or 5 6 uh, uh stories i'm just going to do in a sentence each so that we can finish up gdpr has arrived at last this is gdpr day and uh, uh hilariously and appropriately the european parliament is already in violation of it they're uh, collecting data that they uh should not be collecting uh, uh because gdpr is stupid uh, and, um, uh, uh, and, and they're not worried about the fact that they're in violation because they know it's just designed to, to create, uh, a trap for U.S. tech companies. Uh, so, uh, the bad news, uh, uh, for everyone but the European Parliament. Uh, Kaspersky has moved to Switzerland uh, or a big chunk of its uh, infrastructure has been moved to Switzerland in the hopes of persuading uh, um, the U.S. and and other customers uh, that uh, all of their data isn't susceptible to Russian uh, uh, espionage. Uh, My prediction won't work. Uh, Ah, this is sweet. Ecuador first leaked that it had spent $5 million protecting Julian Assange in the six years or so that he's been holed up in their London embassy, and that was almost certainly the prelude to kicking him out. Uh, By the time you listen to this, my bet is he'll be on the street, but... Not very long because the uh, UK will pick him up, and then we'll find out whether the US has asked for extradition. Uh, The Vault Seven leaker, leakers are it's a bad week for leakers. Uh, The guy who is believed to have leaked a whole bunch of uh, material uh, um, that ended up on WikiLeaks uh, about uh, uh, CIA cyber espionage tools uh, has been arrested not for the leak but because when they went to search his apartment they found a whole bunch of uh encrypted files uh with kitty porn on it uh on them uh and uh he had encrypted it with the um password he used for other uh, places. And so they had no trouble decrypting all the files. Uh, uh, he's got uh, some of the worst OPSEC uh, on anybody who used to work for uh, the CIA and was in the process of compromising their secrets has ever displayed. Um, so he's going to uh, end up in jail, but it's not clear what he's going to be charged with. Um, China is bragging that their social credit system has blocked 11 mi- uh, million flights uh, that is to say, 11 million people who tried to take flights uh, have been told you can't take a flight because you have not been sufficiently supportive of the social structure of uh, China, uh, including uh, expressing the wrong kinds of views. Uh, that's a glimpse of China's future reach that uh, we should all be a little troubled by. Uh, there's a recently declassified study by a uh, Commission looking into electromagnetic pulse attacks on the United States. Uh, uh, This is uh, the kind of attack that takes out electric systems and has acquired a sort of Alex Jones uh, reputation as oh, only nutters are worried about that. But this is a DOD uh, uh, commission that says, no, it's very real. Uh, We could lose a lot of people uh, if somebody just put one nuke uh, into the uh, uh, high atmosphere above the United States and set it off Um, there's a circuit split on cell phones at the border Uh, the 11th circuit has uh disagreed with the uh, uh, Ninth Circuit and I think the Fourth Circuit who uh, uh, decided to take Supreme Court jurisprudence on cell phone privacy and run with it, uh, uh, creating new law restricting what CBP can do with your phone when you cross the border. Uh, the Eleventh Circuit said, you know, I don't think we should make any new law here. So there's now a circuit split, and this will go to the Supreme Court sometime in the next year or two, probably not this case, but when the the sg now has the circuit split it needs to take this up if it chooses to take it up Uh probably will wait to uh, uh see what justice kennedy does uh, uh and um the national traffic safety board has done a preliminary report on the uber accident the woman who was uh, uh, pushing a bicycle and was hit and it is kind of a s- gobsmacking i a, the the report says the radar saw the woman didn't originally recognize her but ultimately did and decided that emergency braking was necessary but had no way or was given no way to tell the uh, to either do the emergency braking or to tell the person who was driving that they should put on the brakes in a hurry uh, i it, it appears that they didn't want to have emergency braking done by the autonomous system because it would Produce a lot of stop and go uh, driving, you know, sudden uh, braking and acceleration, uh, and um, it it makes you wonder whether these autonomous systems are anywhere near as good as we've all been led to believe, uh, or maybe it's just Uber's. But it was uh, it was an appalling uh, uh, thing. I uh, and Germany. Last item: Germany is locked in, you know, a a escalating system of uh, or or exchange of litigation with the uh, uh, anti-immigration party AFD uh, and Facebook, telling Facebook you have to take down um, remarks about immigrants that uh, the AFD um, uh, posted uh, and. Uh, The judge who's dealing with this has recently said, I'm glad Facebook took down some of these remarks uh, uh, in Germany, but if somebody used a VPN and pretended to be in the United States, they could still see them. So I may just tell you to make sure that Americans can't see this. Either, um, so once again, Europe is uh, getting ready to censor U.S. Uh, what Americans can read. Uh, uh, you stay tuned. This mess is going to go on for years. Okay. Thanks to Michael Vattis. Thanks to Markham Erickson. Uh, thanks to Nick Belton for uh, uh, jumping in. Uh, this has been Episode 218 of the Cyberlaw Podcast, brought to you by Steptoe and Johnson. Don't forget, if you suggest a guest interviewee and they join us on the show, we will send you a highly coveted Cyberlaw Podcast mug. Uh, send your subject your suggestions to Podcast at steptoe.com. I, this is where I usually say we're in the market for an intern uh, and you need to apply but in fact I'm looking at uh, our intern Michael Beaver has joined us uh, and uh, uh, we're pleased this is his second day on the job Uh, uh, we're looking forward to working with him Uh, uh, and coming up uh, on Tuesday you'll get to hear my interview in episode 219 with Nick Bilton author of American Kingpin The Epic Hunt for the Criminal Mastermind Behind the Silk Road Uh, also coming up uh, Kirsten Kristen Nielsen will be the subject of uh, an interview. Megan Stiffel, uh, uh, who we had to uh, reschedule, Um, uh, will talk about her plans for uh, her ideas for how cybersecurity can be sold as sustainability, among other guests. Uh, We hope that you'll join us for those and other episodes as we once again provide insights into the latest events in technology, security, privacy and government.